Hello, everybody. This is Sifu Jacob here with Iron Wire Martial Arts. And today, there's a topic I'd like to discuss about being in the presence of really great masters and people who've dedicated their entire lives to the art. There's admiration, to say the least, when you see a man or a woman who's dedicated everything, everything, to their craft, to an art form. It really creates, uh, you know, what do you say? That person is the art, you know. For example, like my Honga Sipu, you know. YZ Wong, I, I didn't see Hunga anymore. I did, but what I'm trying to say is he was Kung Fu. He himself, he was Kung Fu. He is Kung Fu, the way he walks, who he is. Um, you know, it's all over his body. It's, every, it's, it's amazing. And uh, same goes for my other teachers. They, you, you can't tell the difference between themselves and the art. And when you see people like this, superlative people, superlative practitioners, um, it's admiration along with role model, along with all this stuff. And consciously or subconsciously, I think... Some of us want that. We want to achieve that. Some of my students, I remember one of my students says, you know, I wish I would have done something different with my life. So what do you mean? She said, well, I did, you know, spent most of my life goofing off, partying, doing drugs, having fun. Playing music, but I never dedicated myself to really any one thing. And, um, you know, everybody's, my, I guess what I would have to say to that is everybody's path is different in life. Everybody's road is different. Everybody's path is different. And a lot of your experiences in this lifetime, you're, you're going through what you needed to go through. I don't live in regrets. But I can tell you as somebody trying to follow in the footsteps of these giants. And from knowing them and being around them. The path isn't what you think it is, you know. When you see a student in admiration for their teacher and. Even somebody who's a good student, humble and willing to dedicate themselves to the craft. One may think, oh, I'd like to achieve that level one day. But the reality of a teacher is way different. than just the the limelight and admiration and 
applaud. It, it it's really uh, mo- let me just say that most of the teachers I know, the world champions, the screamadors, the Navy SEALs, the Chinese Kung Fu masters, and other martial arts masters whom I visited. A lot of them were kind of poor. Not poor. They they had money. They're not poor. Some of them are millionaires. But I'm just saying what they lived very frugally. They lived very... You would never know that they had money. And most a lot of the times they didn't. And if they did, they were very good at hiding it. They ate normal food. They never lived above their means. As, as a matter of fact, they lived as if they had very little money. All of them. A lot of their life, if you actually look at their life, a lot of it was filled just like any other life with hardships, sadness, empty studios, sometimes filled, sometimes empty. Oh, you know, all sorts of ups and downs that come with just the everyday struggles of life. The difference is is that they put all of their struggles into their art, into their craft. That's the difference. They put it out there. They put it on the line. I'm trying to follow in those footsteps now. It's my little dog snoring. I'm trying to follow in those footsteps now, and I will continue to do so as I have done. But my gym isn't packed with students. It's very hard to get students. And even at a higher level, it's hard to get students, you know. A lot of gyms that I work with, like commercialized gyms, it's about kids, you know. And attrition, you know, you lose something, you gain something. And that's a wonderful business model. But if you're looking for like a real disciple, like, you know, you consider yourself a master, you're a real disciple and real followers. I mean, even under the best conditions, even under the best conditions, finding people to dedicate their life to you and your art. It's not what you think it is. You know, and then when you actually start working with people. You realize that different people move differently. There's different ages. There's different health concerns. There's different, all sorts of different um, things you may or may not have considered. So, in essence, you may be searching for yourself as you as a student. Like, you know, what if you walked in? This person who has dedicated themselves and who's willing to go this way. You know, that's maybe what you're searching for. I don't know. But what I do know is, is that um, from knowing these wonderful individuals and from walking this path myself... You do the best you can. You put everything on the line for your art. And you train everyone 
everyone the same. You treat all your students who walk in your door, even if they are not your ideal student. You train them with the best of your ability, always, to the highest standards, always. Because they may grow into something amazing, you know, and you inspire them. That's the role of a teacher. It's to be a role model for your art, to carry on the lineage. And so I'm reminded of um, the movie Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Where the young girl goes, oh, you're the warriors from the legends. You're famous, you know. She responds, yeah, you know, those stories don't remark upon how you have to, you know, sleep in flea-infested areas or, you know, cold floors and sometimes days without food. Something to that effect. It's been quite a while since I've seen that movie, but that line always stuck with me because it's true. To the untrained eye, you see the happiness and the smiles and the, you know, the admiration. But what you don't see is all that other stuff that goes into it. You know, I was under the impression, I really was, because my teacher's school in Chinatown, San Francisco at that time was just packed. Because Kung Fu was everything, you know, back in the days. It's everything. There was no UFC or MMA. C-Lot wasn't popular. FMA was... It was there, but it doesn't have the attention that it has now. So, you know, um, it's interesting. You know, I was there and I was just like, man, if I could just learn this Kung Fu, if I can just get permission to teach from this man, then I could open up a gym and it will be packed, you know. I just thought, like, you know, you're a teacher, your gym's going to be packed. By the time I got permission to teach, gyms were starting to become empty in Chinese martial arts. But I still kept on it. I still kept to it. I'm not going to disparage my art. And the other arts that I learned, they, they fell upon me by chance encounters. I mean, it was all done by design, but chance encounters. But, you know, even even now, I've made friends with other uh, martial artists. Oh, I have a lot of friends with martial artists who are also gym owners. And, and guess what? Getting students isn't it? No matter what your style, I don't care what it is. It's still an issue. Very rarely do people come batting down at your doors to learn your martial art. Rarely. 
And I thought that, you know, if you have a good reputation because you mastered the art, people would just come lining up. Not true. I mean, all my teachers are, are, are world famous. Does that matter? Well, to a sense. Sometimes people can be more intimidated by that. Because that means it might be a more serious discipline. Sometimes people want cookie cutter. Sometimes, you know, I mean, it, the truth is, I was watching this uh, show about punk rock, you know, music, punk rock music. And they were talking about, you know, selling out is changing who you are to play some other music. I was listening in, uh, to what they were saying because it was kind of a, well, it was a niche thing before it came popular. And the truth is you just got to keep putting out your signals and uh, different ways to reach people. You know, I'm on all social media platforms. I'm putting out the signals. I'm a friendly person. I got my art. I'm not changing my art for anybody else. I'm adapting. I'm adapting to the world we're in. And so I am changing, um, but I'm not, um, you know, changing my core lessons. Um, I'm, I'm recruiting. And so recruiting is is its own journey, you know, and then you have overhead costs and everything else. So the life of a teacher is not what you think it is. You grind just as much as a student. And you're going to be forced to know about business. Are you in a good location? Are you in a good spot? Overhead, costs, et cetera, et cetera. So, and then discipleship. So it's interesting. And I share this journey because maybe one day you want to be a teacher. And look, if you're listening to my podcast and you've already mastered the art, and uh, I've said this uh, before, I, I congratulate you. If you're an authority figure in your style or system or into the, uh, you know, fighting aspects, you know, I applaud you. And thank you for even listening this far. If uh, you're that accomplished. Thank you. But this message is is more for those becoming initiated into becoming a teacher. I, I want this to speak to you, to give you some insight into what it takes. Because just just because you master the art does not mean your studio is going to be filled. I went down that road. My knees hurt. You know, I've, I've studied four I, martial arts. I have four accreditations from four high-level people. It doesn't mean my gym's full. It doesn't mean it's full. You understand? So you got to be good at marketing and advertising. It's a different game in public relations. You got to be good with people. You got to be nice. So there's more to it on the business level. But you got to know that stuff if you want to put food on the table. Anyways, I hope to share this with you and thank you very much for listening. I, I hope it makes a difference on your journey to become a teacher. I'm Sifu Jacob Bernan, and this is Iron Martial Arts.